1: I want to take a few moments to talk about the new COVID variant first identified last week in Southern Africa. It's called the Omicron. Travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron. The Delta variants and now the Omicron. And we move forward now in the face of Omicron. So even before Omicron... This morning,
2: I provide an update on uh, Omicron variant. Yay, You got it right there. It is kind of a hard word to say at first. President Biden is urging Americans to remain calm as the world learns more about the Omicron COVID variant. We'll speak with Dr. Nahid Bedelia ahead about what people need to know to keep the holidays safe. We'll also talk About the continued efforts by a number of Republican controlled states to undermine the administration's push to get everyone vaccinated. And Joe, it's it's interesting because as time goes by and the science bears itself out right before our eyes, I just wonder if those efforts fall on more deaf ears along the way.
3: I don't know. First of all, I I probably called it Omicron yesterday. Well, Omicron. I did yesterday. I don't, yesterday.
2: Even, I don't <laughs> even
3: know what that means. But, yeah, Omicron, Omicron. I'll tell you why. Uh, here in uh New York, I can tell you nobody is paying attention and nobody cares and nothing's going to shut down. <laughs> no, we're done. We're they're done. But I tell you, we <sighs> so it was flying up to LaGuardia. And I have been flying here for 30 years, 35 years. Never once has a pilot come on over Washington DC, said, uh, traffic is, uh, so backed up in LaGuardia. We're going to have to circle around Washington DC for about 45 minutes and then they'll. So we were vectored around DC. And so we could find a slot at LaGuardia and then went out to eat last night you know where i usually do at the the, the grill up sure. there you know one hundred and i'm up there the place is packed i mean i've never seen it packed so much so it's like this place is like this is pre-pandemic new york i good luck good luck getting that 10 pounds of sugar in a five-pound bag, because it's not going back in. I mean, and and the general attitude of everybody is: I got my vaccine. That's right. I got my vaccine. You know what? We feel really bad for people who don't have their vaccines, but we're here, we feel safe, and we're not gonna stop living. And if we get COVID, we got the vaccine. We'll go home, we'll get better, and then we'll come out and eat next week. That's the attitude mm. of everybody. First of all, I'm glad you were
4: able to make it to the iconic 187th Street Grill. It's one of the best. It's one of the best. All the greats have dined there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But yeah, no, that's the the last point you made is exactly the point. Here in New York City, the vaccination rates are very high. Public workers, 96 percent vaccinated, something like that. The feeling is. We went through this. We're at the front of this. We got through it because we took some of these precautions, because we closed down our schools for too long for some people, because we stayed home from work, because we did all these things. We got to the other side of it. We're not going back, Not going back. And because of the high vaccination rates, there is a sense that, yes, there may be some perils with this new variant. We'll see. We don't know yet. And yes, the holiday season means we're inside more. But, you know, if I get it, I get it. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm
3: boosted now in many cases. Yeah. And the New Yorkers aren't going back. Well, you know, you know how when you go to school, your mom packs your lunch bag and she writes a note on there. And, you know, I love you, Joey, with a heart. Well, Mika fortunately packed my vaccine card, which you don't have to use in Florida. Right. You kind of hide it because <laughs> the kids will take you out back and be chopped If you show, hey, would you like to see my vaccination card? it will be chopped down there. OK. So, but here, though, you can't go anywhere. Literally. Could I have a tissue? Show me your vaccine. Yeah. And so, again, Joe. everybody in there. Hold on. You can be a moral scold in a second. Everybody I'm inside wrong. the restaurant, though, like that I was in, they'll show the vaccine card. They were all in there. They all were relaxed, they are all comfortable. And by the way, this doesn't mean this isn't gonna come. Don't tweet me. I really don't care. I gotta uh. tell you, the truth of this is I only look at Beatle tweets now. So anyway, but Smart. but 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 the thing is, Mika, again, mm-hmm. this does not mean you're not going to get COVID, because if if this thing spreads all over the country, it's gonna be probably Delta Squared, where it's gonna spread a lot faster. And as it spreads a lot faster, people who are unvaccinated are going to get hit. And people who are vaccinated will get COVID. But as with this is just science, so you can you can frown if you want to. But people who are vaccinated, for the most part, have better reactions.
2: I'm just going to point out that we have a doctor coming up to talk to us about what we still don't know oh, about no, <laughs> the, the, the Dr. And secondly, <laughs> yeah, hold on. Whatever. And secondly, on. I want you to tell our viewers that yeah. you were masked on the plane. You're still wearing masks. Well, they, I mean, they it's not like it's off. over. OK. Well, well what? no,
3: I've already said, you know, I got to wear a mask. You make me wear a mask uh, when yes, you on the plane. I do. Mm. You make me wear a mask when we go to sleep at night. Boom. You knew that was coming. (laughs) Not true. Uh, but, um, But no, I wear masks. I wear masks where I, you know, could get sick.
4: Yeah, we're not suggesting that it's not coming here and it it won't be a problem. We're suggesting New York feels like it's done everything it can do. There was some guidance from the mayor suggesting indoor masks, but not mandating
3: them. We'll see if that moves to the next step. (sighs) You know what? You just get the vaccine. It's really so (sighs) simple. And again, I don't understand these people. I really don't. They think that, like, there's some great conspiracy against them. We just don't want you to die. That's the conspiracy. I mean, seriously, if you want to die... That's up to you. I've said this long before. Listen, cigarettes, not good for you. If you want to go out back, smoke a camel. That's your choice. I shouldn't pay for your health care insurance. Like, it's going to go up. You should deal with that. A little resentful of you smoking for 30 or 40 years and then everybody having to pay for your Medicaid or Medicare, like you're, you're, you're expensive. There should be some personal responsibility there, but I understand. That's that's not going to happen. But it's the same thing with COVID, though. You don't get a vaccine at the I, we can only beg you to get a vaccine for so long for your own good. And after that, we are gonna talk about the Beatles and we're going to talk about this really intense looking guy right here. Max, wow. I got good news for the Mets fans, Willie, and I've got bad news for Mets fans. Would you like the good or the bad news? Well, first? Let's go good first. They could always use it. They've got Max, and they've got DeGrom. That's frightening. That's great <laughs> news. You know what the bad news is? Sources tell me, good sources, highly played sources, we ain't going to see baseball next year. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I hope you're wrong about that. Well, I do Jonathan do and
4: Eddie Glad, Jr. Are here with
3: us. Professor Glad. when well, he's a professor of yes. baseball, in fact. Yes. yes. with no idea. Well-timed. And uh, Lemire knows a little bit about baseball, too. Now, uh, again, people... Like pretty good sources are saying, they just don't expect these sites to cut lockout, no baseball next year. Well, there's certainly the reason why there's such an active
5: free agent market now, early in the offseason, which has not been the norm, is that baseball is staring at a lockout on December first. If there's not an 11th hour deal between owners and players, the owners are going
3: to lock them out. Now, the thinking, which yet- by the way, the good news is. The Red Sox are rushing and they're picking up everybody because they know December first. Oh wait, yeah, the, that's every other team in baseball. Yeah, I'm looking at the list here. Yeah, we haven't signed anybody yet.
5: Um, the, yeah. the, there is some hope that that this is a labor. Could crisis. you second check that list because because oh, I'm be sure, sure we it. Had to get <laughs> My, we, we got Michael Walker. I consider him more of a minor league sixth starter <laughs> option. The Yankees while you're uh, uh, I seen Another there. another blank <laughs> page <laughs> in terms of our teams have not uh, been out there as being the big spenders. Um, this has been a labor crisis, years in the making. Uh, there are, there is some hope. There was sort of this was inevitable. This was going to happen. They were going yeah. to lock out unless there's some sort of deal. There is still hope. People that I've talked to on both sides suggest that they hopefully won't miss games. That both sides, owners and Uh-oh, players, recognize games. how devastating it would be for this sport or any sport to go out right now and miss games. That we're still in a pandemic. We're still in a moment now where, where they're because TV sports consumers have so many options, you know, there's people are cutting the cord cables. There're revenue issues for sports. Losing in a baseball, we saw how long it took them to come back to the 1994 strike. Going out and missing games would be devastating. And there's a the hope that if you have a lockout in December, that's better than one in February or March because you've got more time to say things. But you're right, this is worrisome. If they do lockout, and there's an expectation that they will, that there might not be. At least there's a chance there might not be baseball next season, and that would be for Mets fans the most fitting of outcomes as they sign their big starter and he never gets to play. Yeah, if they
4: good. take a year off, Max Scherzer's going to go on a very nice vacation because the deal pays him forty three point three million dollars a year uh, to be a starting pitcher. That's a lot of meals at the hundred eighty seventh Street Grill. It is twenty one yes. clubs yes. on time. Yeah, it, 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 There's no doubt about it. How about the Texas Rangers spending yep. half a billion dollars too already in this free agency
3: season? Everybody's getting paid before the lockout. They may finish fourth. Yeah, fourth. Exactly. Sitter and Marcus Simeon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Lee Elder uh, mm. Lee Elder obviously just an absolute trailblazer uh, in golf. you talk about you talk about uh, going into a sport uh, where it, it, you, you really have to break the color barrier. Uh, Lee Elder, uh, really the first black golfer to compete at the Masters and, uh, and other major tournaments.
6: If you think about it, 1972, I think. 75. 75, yeah. something like that. I mean, that's, that's not that far away, right? So it, he was an amazing golfer, was an amazing role model in so many ways. Without him, we wouldn't see, we wouldn't have seen Tiger Woods. So it's, 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 it makes sense that we want to lift him up in this and, moment. And by the oh, way, yeah. Tiger
4: Woods says that, too. So everybody talks about Jack and Arnold Palmer. Yes, of course, those guys are the standard and my heroes, but It was Lee Elder who I looked up to. There's an incredible scene that gives me chills thinking about it, where in 75, Lee Elder qualifies, plays in the Masters. He's coming up his final hole on 18. And the staff at Augusta National, most of whom are black, step out from their jobs and come out around the green. And he said that... Regardless of whatever he's done since then, the tournaments he's won and everything he's done, that is the moment he will never forget because it meant so much to him and meant so much to all those people who got to see him walk up that course where, frankly, black people weren't allowed to be. Especially
6: for golf players like myself. I mean, it's just, I'm not a golf player. I just hit the ball. I was just saying, you play play golf? golf? Well, I I hit the
4: ball. I heard (laughs)
3: you're better than you let on. Uh, Is he? That's what my sources tell me. me. Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: I thought you were just studying all day. Well, we need to go out and golf because I'm absolutely terrible. Me too. Are cool. you really? Yeah. You yeah. bet. Oh, we have, have, you we have a horse. horse, horse, horse? horse. We have a horse. horse. Have yeah. Seven hours to get there. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> that fantastic. I thrive at the 19th hole. That's yeah, There we go. That's All right. Well, Willie, speaking to Tiger Woods, uh, he's talking for the first time since he had his life-threatening car crash last February that left him hospitalized and needing multiple surgeries. Woods is walking again and believes he's going to be able to play golf again one day but he tells Golf Digest his days as a full-time golfer are over.
7: I can't participate in the game of
4: golf. I can still maybe, if my leg gets good enough, maybe click click off a tournament here or there. Hmm. Um, But as far as climbing the mountain, get all the way to the top, I don't think that's a realistic expectation of me. But I think something that is realistic is playing the tour one day, never full-time ever again. You pick and choose a few events a year and you play around that. I think that's kind of how I'm going to have to play it from now on. Um, It's an unfortunate reality, but it's my reality. And I understand it and I accept it. Eddie, after that horrible crash where we feared the worst in that first hour as it was breaking news, it was so nice to see that video of him just on the range, just hitting balls to show he could do it. But as you said very clearly, I'm not a full-time tour player anymore. That's it. You've seen the end of me playing every week. I'll show up at tournaments here and there. And if we don't see him win another major, what a way to finish it at Augusta two years ago with that win nobody saw coming for Tiger Woods.
6: Absolutely. And, you know, the the retirement of sports figures are are markers in one's life. I remember when Muhammad Ali left the ring I remember when he lost to Leon Spinks I remember what that meant I remember when he won it I remember when he lost to Larry Holmes it was it was an important milestone in my life what does it mean for those all of those young folk who grew up watching Tiger Woods change the sport and hear him say that's that he won't be on the tour anymore but we will probably see him with his son and that will
3: be even even he's a player exactly yeah he is he is well, well, Mika, that's all the sports news. Uh, uh, yeah. Now let's have news at the 13s with Mika Brzezinski. Mika.
2: This is what happens when I let you go to New York alone. Sure. OK, I we am. have new reporting from The Washington Post this morning claiming allies of Donald Trump are trying to remove some of the guardrails that prevented him from overturning the 2020 election. According to The Post, Trump and his supporters are pushing a plan to place loyalists in key election posts, from poll watchers and precinct judges to county clerks and state attorneys general. The Trump supporters seeking office claim they just want to secure the system. The Post says a spokesperson for the former president didn't respond to a request for comment. But Joe, this is what you were talking about recently in terms of if you love this constitution, you love this democracy, get involved at every level, state government, local government, because those are the areas where the weaknesses can, you know, spring a leak.
3: Well, I can't say it enough. You look at every day, there's a story about uh, something else happening in another state. People saying that this is going to be uh, help help Donald Trump or somebody else uh, breach constitutional norms, uh, perhaps overthrow a democratic election. You look at jury instructions that are offensive to you. Well That also comes from the state legislature. Yesterday, a spate of stories about how uh, redistricting in Florida is going to completely twist that state uh, from uh, any semblance of a, even a 55-45 state uh, to a 75-25 state. It's happening in Wisconsin. Uh, It happened in Pennsylvania and Michigan before the election. They knew they knew that if they counted all the votes early uh, that had come in early, uh, that they would have to announce who the winner was on election night. And they faced pressure from a lot of people saying, let's take the questions. Let's take the guessing out of who's winning and losing this election and count these votes early. So we'll be able to announce that night. They refused to do it because they wanted to buy Trump time to spread the big lie. So yeah. what do you do? And now, I mean, we can, it, we can, go ahead.
2: No, no, no. Okay, M- I was going to move to the fallout over which is related here. Republican
3: I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, but, but just for the record, for people that tell me don't interrupt, Mika, my dear wife, I love her so. She interrupted me, and I was getting to a point, don't. which is this, Willie. <laughs> oh, you just interrupted Mika. What am I, honey? Dude. So oh my, my point, my point was this: that was a long, long wind up. Here's the pitch: We can't whine about what's happening in state legislatures. Like, we have to elect people to state legislatures that respect the Constitution and that want what's best for this country. They don't have to be liberals. They don't have to even be Democrats. They can be rational independents or Republicans. But the time for wh- it's too late. Like when when these people are doing what they're doing in state legislatures and Democrats lost over a thousand seats well, uh, in the eight years. Uh, president Obama was president. They need to get those thousand seats back if they want to have an impact on all of these issues that matter so much. This we're in dangerous, dangerous territory. Absolutely. And the two things can be true at once.
6: We can decry those folk. We right. can de- and condemn we those folk who are who are attacking our democracy. And we need to understand that this is a call for us to in, get involved in public life at every level, from local to national level. Absolutely,
4: mm-hmm. and John. It's not just Trump allies who are at this. It's Donald Trump himself. He's if you watch closely, he's going around state by state, places you think may be close if he runs again in twenty twenty four, and endorsing candidates for state legislatures, which is not something you typically see from a former president. Michigan, I think seven alone, because he thinks, okay, if I run again, I need people in place. And the thing they all have in common is they've been talking about fraud in the election. Something, by the way, the legislature in Michigan has been looked into for months and months and months and found no evidence of. But he wants people in place, not just in Michigan, but Georgia and all over that will side with him if things get close and do what brad raffensperger for example wouldn't do in the state of georgia (laughs) yeah trump
5: and his allies are playing a bit of a long game here showing more strategy than the former president frankly was known for when he was in office uh and they are he's endorsing state candidates uh who he believes will be sympathetic to his claims uh of voter fraud who were last time and would again uh that he and his team have looked around the country looked at these key battleground states who are and are putting in place people who might be needed if the race in 24 if trump wins again or a trump appointed you know Appointed candidate runs again, uh, and the race is close. And they're looking to game the system and get every edge that they can. And Democrats are certainly aware of this. Alarm bells are going off. Uh, certainly, the effort to have protect voting rights on Capitol Hill has, has stalled. There's sort of no effort there. The filibuster is not going to be moved for this. It would appear. Uh, so therefore, the focus is state level. And there are some states where uh, voting rights you know have m- been e- made easier to cast a ballot, but many more where it's not. Uh, and this is all part of an overall plan to sort of game this system as best as Trump and his allies can
3: ahead of 24 with further thought that the former president will run again. And again, just to underline align this fact, Mika, it, it's not even the voting restrictions making it harder to vote. That's the gravest danger. The gravest danger mm-hmm. is turning these decisions on what votes to count. Yes. Right. It's it's after the right. voting is done. Uh, where you're turning, you're, you're 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 taking the power away from the very people that actually were acting responsibly, uh, and 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 any of those local officials, like uh, the younger man uh, who was a Republican in Michigan, who said, "No, I'm I'm just going to do my job. It's a ministerial job, and I'm going to do what I'm, I'm not going to throw out these votes or cause chaos." Those people are all gone now. Mm -hmm. And so so Democrats have to be prepared. I hope somebody's working in a basement with like 40 lawyers every day. And I mean this, every day between now and election day. I hope the Democratic Party uh, and any Republicans and any independents who care about Madisonian democracy and peaceful transfers of power, I hope they're working every day right now assuming the very worst, because if they're not, this democracy is going to be in grave danger.
2: We're going to talk about that a little more coming up. Now, though, to the fallout over Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's Islamophobic remarks about Democratic Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Both lawmakers confirmed that they spoke by phone yesterday and both admit it did not end well. Congresswoman Omar released the following statement. I graciously accepted a call from Representative Lauren Boebert, in the hope of receiving a direct apology for falsely claiming that she met me in an elevator, suggesting I was a terrorist and for a history of anti-Muslim hate. Instead of apologizing for her Islamophobic comments and fabricated lies, Representative Boebert refused to publicly acknowledge her hurtful and dangerous comments. She instead doubled down on her rhetoric, and I decided to end the unproductive call. Here's how Bobert described the call. As a strong Christian woman who values faith deeply, I never want anything I say to offend someone's religion. So I told her that, even after I put out a public statement to that effect. She said that she still wanted a public apology because what I had done wasn't good enough. So I reiterated to her what I had just said. She kept asking for a public apology. So I told Ilhan Omar that she should make a public apology to the American people for her anti-American, anti-Semitic, anti-police rhetoric. She continued to press and I continued to press back. And then Representative Omar hung up on me.
4: Robert's initial apology last Friday was directed to quote anyone in the Muslim community I offended, but not directly to Congresswoman exactly. Omar. So, uh, Eddie, she basically baits Congresswoman Omar into right. taking the phone call by with the appearance of a sincere apology. She puts out that tweet: "I'm apologize. I'm going to call." directly for accusing Congressman Omar of being a terrorist, is what you said in an elevator in the Capitol building, eliminating any feeling if there was a good faith between these two sides that you can take a phone call and not have it be some part of a game where you bait her into the phone call. Then you go out to your people and say, look what I did to her, calling her a member of the jihad squad. She'll raise money off this. We've seen how this game is played.
6: The expectation often, at least from these people, is that we take the moral high road that we accept their apologies on face value, that we deal with the insults, as it were. It seems only reasonable to me that Omar, Representative Omar would hung, hang up the phone. Why entertain this nonsense? It seems every single day we have to deal with. I mean, this is some, something that we have to, I think, we have to do as a country. We have to draw the line. We keep, shall we say, deal, you know, kind of entertaining the hate, allowing, allowing it to, to fester. Because we're assuming that people are engaging us in good faith, we need to treat these folks for what they are. And I think hanging up the phone in this instance might be a
3: good gesture. Well, listen, I'm um, I'm a backslidden Baptist, uh, but uh, I've read the Bible once or twice. Uh, and um, okay, my parents made me go to church like five times a week. I've read the Bible oh a lot. So, you, if you are at home, uh, you get your Bibles out and uh, turn to Matthew uh, 5:23. Which says if you're standing at the altar Mm -hmm. about to give a gift and you realize that somebody has something against you, leave the gift, go to that person, apologize, reconcile and then come back. And, you know, Mika, there's so many other things. If you read actually the red letters in the Gospels, uh, that would suggest that a quote Strong Christian woman, hmm. close quote, um, would actually act just the opposite of what we saw in that video. Right. Um, so perhaps leading with that was was actually a tell because I don't know. It's kind of like war heroes. I don't know war heroes uh, that go around talking about being war heroes. They don't like to talk about it. Right. And I must say, in Eddie. Uh, can I get a witness here? Uh, that people that actually are strong, um, uh, uh, faithful uh, servants of the Lord—they don't go around telling you that.
6: Oh yeah, you know these peacocks who declare their faith.
3: Mm. Sometimes they're they're <clears throat> known as Pharisees, mm. Sadducees, and Scribes, Mika, <laughs> as you say. Um, but anyway, the point is, it's just you know that she knew what she was doing and yeah. and and on top of that you you just ask who who is because this is what I wonder who's a constituency for this who's a constituency for you know marjorie uh, uh, taylor green right. uh, uh, like holding up AR fifteens and having pictures of four women who are members of Congress people of color like who wh- who's a constituency for Uh, This Gozar guy, or whoever the 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 character out of Ghostbusters, who what is what's the constituency for that guy doing a cartoon where he murders the image of a woman who's a member of like that actually does more than speak ill of the person who's doing it; it speaks ill for a hell of a lot of constituents in their district.
2: It is a good question. Uh, and still ahead on Morning Joe. Stock futures are down this morning. Amid wait, then, concerns wait, wait, wait hold, over on. The can, hold
3: on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh we, my God. We we what? really really expect didn't you expect more of a response from that? I thought we were gonna get
2: something no. big there. Yeah.
3: Right to teach she's
4: moving I, okay, us. Okay, you this want
2: morning. me to answer it? Fine, I'll yeah. answer it. I'll go. tell you. Here it's Trump it's Trump voters, okay? They're all like that. Even though, even, hold on a second. Even though Donald, listen, you want me to talk? I'm going to talk then. Trump voters Mm. Um, don't care that Donald Trump got the vaccine and they still won't. For some reason, there's like this strange disconnect between these people and their constituents. And here it is. These people don't give a damn about their constituents. They don't care about whether they live or die. Let alone anything else. And that's what holds them together. They're Trump supporters. It's all very twisted and cult like. And they follow hatred. They love it. They follow conspiracy theories, hatred, and they live and thrive on it. And that's what gets them up in the morning. And it's frightening. All
3: right, I'll well, go to I break guess. Now. I opened that gate. You walked right through you sure it. sure did. I, knew she would. I was okay. trying to
2: be polite. Well, I Matt, really, that's I was just going to do the. <laughs> No, I was just going to do, wow, honey, that's just a good question. And then I was going to toss to break. But you want to hear what the answer is? It's, it's some twisted you-know-what. Uh, they all yeah. stick together <laughs> under Donald Trump, and Donald Trump doesn't even care about them. And these people don't even care about their constituents. They just care about fomenting hate.
3: Could you do a favor for me? And, and by the way, I yeah. respect everything you just said there. <laughs> Could you lean back in your chair and point at me? and say, (laughs) you want the truth? (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) You can do that. That, that uh, Because that's about where we are right now. And that's... It's
2: unbelievable. And you have people on Fox News. Here I go. You're really... But they're talking about uh, Dr. Fauci being... (laughs) Like, hmm. doctor, I mean, this is, this dog. is,
3: yeah. it's sick. Yeah. No, I this think is we can as all bad as it gets, really sick.
2: making a parallel between Dr. Fauci and Dr. Mengele. That's what happened on there, Fox News. That's a charge? news organization. I want to know who the news there? director is. Who's and who thinks that they are a news director of a news organization. That. When they're there's literally spewing hatred and lies over the airwaves and feeding their many viewers and they have many viewers. America loves to watch Fox News, but it's not news. It's lies and hatred and people trying to get attention by using the Trump way of lying. Twisted, sick, you know what? Well, that's what it is. And that's my did. answer to your question, by the way.
3: was well, so that was quite that's an expansive answer. And we understand that cable news is in general. Uh, located in crazy town, but uh, it has been taken to a whole new level. And you see that clip where Dr. Fauci is being compared to a Nazi doctor. And and by the the way, by the way, these continued comparisons of of public health officials trying to save lives, trying to keep small businesses open trying to keep family restaurants afloat, trying to keep local hardware stores from shutting down, you know, trying to keep children well, trying to keep seniors well, trying to keep everybody healthy. These continued comparisons to a Holocaust that killed six million Jews is so deeply twisted and offensive.
2: I mean, well, and it feels very silly to be <clears throat> lifting up Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and even talking about these weak Weak, pathetic people who are bending to the easiest, lowest hanging fruit in Trump world. I mean, it, they they are they are they are floating around the very bottom uh, and and feeding off of it. And it's it's kind of sad what they're doing to our country. It's upsetting. Well. And and then then to see it on like a major news network. I mean, we haven't talked about Fox because it's really it's like open that box and it, it gets ridiculous and it gets really ugly. But it's wrong what's happening over there. They're not a news organization. they some, And there's millions of examples.
3: I mean, I, 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 I can tell you that, that uh, when Roger was there, if somebody said something like that, they'd be off the air the next day. I mean, I understand everybody hates Roger Ailes, uh, uh, whatever. But Roger actually pulled Glenn back from the air. Mike, Roger had said enough and Glenn will probably deny that. And that's fine. He can deny that if he wants to. But I actually talked to Roger. Roger talked to a lot of other people. He said there are boundaries. There are boundaries. Even here, there are boundaries. He's crossed the boundaries. It just doesn't work anymore. There are no boundaries. There are just no boundaries, not only there, but a lot of different places. So anyway, right. um, thank you so much for opening up. You're welcome. I think we're all, we're all just, yep, better for it. Yes. We feel, I, we're, <laughs> listen, this is a circle of trust. It's just us talking. Nobody else has heard any of this. So, you, you know, next block, you, if you want to just get it off your chest, it, you're, it's safe it. just, It's safe here. It's just like Connie Chung said just be quiet to now. Newt Gingrich's mom. Hey, it's just just between you and me. Okay. Well, as the cameras right, were whirling, You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. Bring yeah. up a single uh, shot of yeah. me. Yeah. Exactly. All right,
2: still on morning. Single shot of okay. please, yeah. TJ. She still doesn't a head want me. Of- cut my mind. Morning Joe. Yeah, don't. Stock futures are down this morning amid concerns over the new Omicron variant. We're going to be joined by a doctor to talk about what we know and don't know about this latest COVID strain. Plus, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wants to pass Democrats' massive social spending bill by Christmas. We'll talk about that timeline and everything else lawmakers need to get done in December. Also ahead, the story of the Beatles breakup has been told time and time again, but a new documentary series. You may have heard Joe talking about it just a bit is offering a never-before-seen look at the Fab Four during the band's final days. You're watching Morning Joe. We'll be right back.
8: They transport core relief items stored in even the most remote areas of the world. They deploy expert emergency staff trained to help in crisis situations. And they transfer funds directly to support the emergency. Because of generous supporters and donors, UNHCR can scale up its response within 72 hours of a large-scale emergency. Your support helps provide life-saving aid for refugees whenever and wherever emergencies occur. Donate to USA for UNHCR by visiting unrefugees.org slash donation.
1: This variant is a cause for concern, not a cause for panic. A year ago, America was floundering against the first variant of COVID. We beat that variant significantly, and then we got hit by a far more powerful threat, the Delta variant. But we took action, and now we're seeing deaths from Delta come down. We'll fight the, you know, and look, we're we're gonna fight and beat this new variant as well. The best protection against this new variant or any of of the variants out there, the ones we've been dealing with already, is getting fully vaccinated and getting a booster shot. Do not wait. Go get your booster if it's time for you to do so. And if you are not vaccinated, now's the time to get vaccinated and take your children to be vaccinated. On Thursday, I'll be putting forward a detailed strategy outlining how we're going to fight COVID this winter, not with shutdowns or lockdowns, but with more widespread vaccinations, boosters, testing, and more.
2: All right. Joining us now, founding director of the Boston University Center for Emerging Infectious Diseases Policy and Research, Dr. Naheed Bedelia. She's an NBC News and MSNBC medical contributor. Dr. Bedelia, just overall, what we know so far about Omicron, because it, it appears or when we will know everything we need to know, how long will it take to get a sense of how serious this is?
7: Yeah, Mika, we don't know a lot. I think the thing that's concerning is looking at this virus, it has all these all-time hit mutations that we've seen in other variants that could make it more transmissible, potentially give it qualities that allow it to evade or decrease vaccine effectiveness or make the monoclonal antibodies less effective. But we actually don't know how it will behave until we look at it in the laboratory um, and the next two weeks. Potentially sooner. What what many of the vaccine manufacturers are doing is is neutralization studies. They're looking to see now if in the laboratory it behaves the way that it should based on these mutations. The only other thing we have is an observation from South Africa that their numbers are going up. However, you know it's unclear if it's because they've recently loosened their restrictions. Is it because of this variant? And so, still a lot to be known. The one thing I do want to say is that. You know, it's a cause for concern, but not for panic, not just because we don't know a lot yet, but because even if the worst comes true, and this is a variant that potentially could evade uh, part of the immune system, many good things are working in our favor. The tests are still working, the rapid tests, the PCR tests. Even if there's a reduction in vaccine effectiveness, Mika, what we've learned from other variants is that there's still going to be some protection, which is why you're seeing this push not just to get vaccinated but get to get boosted. Um, and not only right. that, but we have we we have we now know how to take care of ourselves in, in the setting of increasing cases, and so you're likely to see people still wanting to take those non-pharmaceutical interventions such as masking and avoiding crowds. You know, if the cases are going up in their communities.
2: So, the I mean, can we expect more variants as long as a good um, part of the world is not vaccinated and even in this country? I mean, isn't that where variants run rampant?
7: It is. And, and, you know, you can sort of see the cycle that we're falling into now, Mika, that if this variant turns out to significantly reduce vaccine effectiveness, which we don't yet know, right, then what we need is is variant-specific boosters, which may take months. And, And in that period of time, the vulnerable amongst us are the most likely to potentially, you know, take the brunt of a potential new variant that might decrease the effectiveness of vaccines. And and so instead of that, you know, if we had focused from the very beginning and trying to get most of the world, you and I have talked about this in the past, about 7% of the low-income world has gotten, you know, fully vaccinated and compared to the rest of the world, where, you know, you see countries like the US, we're 58th still, by the way, but many other countries in global north have much, much higher rates of vaccinations. In those areas that poorly vaccinated, the more the, vi- the virus transmits, the more likely it is that new variants will show up in the future that again make us do that cycle again that require boosters. So we need to invest in getting everybody else vaccinated. It's not just the right thing to do, it's also our way to get out of this pandemic.
4: Good morning, Dr. Bedelia. We've heard some reporting from physicians in South Africa saying that the symptoms, at least so far of Omicron that they've seen, seem to be relatively mild. Uh, Do you have a sense for how this impacts the human body, this new variant in ways that may or may not be different from Delta and the original virus?
7: Not enough data yet, Willie. I, I heard the same reports, and and anecdotal data is just that. You know, I think it, it would be great if that's what it turns out to be, um, but we don't yet know that because it's not in a large enough group of people, so we can't say that with with good uh, certainty. The the thing that is concerning is that you know if this variant it really is immune evading, it might make treatments like monoclonal antibodies less effective, which might take away a potential tool from our toolbox, right? And and that's worrisome. That might increase the risk uh, of people who are particularly unvaccinated uh, to, to get something after they get sick. But the good news is the way that, you know, the the new antivirals might work, the, the, the Pfizer or the mark candidates that are on the horizon, the oral antivirals, we don't think that they would be affected just because of the way that they attack the virus.
2: So we'll be watching this. Dr. Naheed Bedelia, thank you very much for coming on the show this morning. Meanwhile, uh, workers who were fired or who quit for not complying with vaccine mandates to keep them alive so they don't get COVID are now eligible for unemployment benefits in several Republican-controlled states, Florida, Iowa, Kansas, and Tennessee, have changed their unemployment insurance rules to undermine the Biden administration's vaccine requirement for federal workers. Tennessee has also passed a law prohibiting private businesses from asking employees to show proof for religious or medical exemptions. And in Florida... A new law allows workers to be exempt on the basis of, quote, anticipated future pregnancy or having already been infected with COVID-19 in the past. That brings us to the latest column from The Washington Post by columnist Max Boot. It's entitled Republicans Hamper Biden's Attempt. To fight the pandemic and then hammer him for its persistence. And Max writes in part, quote, the rush to dismiss Omicron as a hoax is demented and depressing on multiple levels. It suggests that Republicans have learned nothing from their unwillingness to take COVID-19 seriously in 2020 because they thought it would hurt President Donald Trump's reelection chances. But while Democrats benefited politically from Trump's calamitous mishandling of the pandemic, its persistence with its attendant supply chain woes and surging inflations is now hurting President Biden. Thus, it is malevolent, Idiocy to suggest that Democrats are hyping the Omicron variant for nefarious ends. Indeed, at the same time that Republicans fight vaccine mandates and continue to play down the risk of COVID-19, they also shamelessly attack Biden for not ending the pandemic. You would think that such a shameless ploy hampering Biden's attempts to fight the pandemic and then hampering him for its persistence could not possibly work. But in the idi- idiocracy that America has become, this shameless and disingenuous argument could actually resonate. Joe?
3: Yeah, I read somewhere last week, Jonathan Lemire, that the idea of the big lie is not to get people to believe the lie. It's, and, and, and those lies do not need to be consistent with each other. In fact, sometimes it's better that they're not consistent with each other because it just sows more confusion. It's not about what you're telling people. It's the, the process of disconnecting them from the truth. So when when nothing is real and there's nothing to get hung about, by the way, we're talking about the Beatles in an hour, uh, then then the big lie starts working because, you know, you disconnected them. And so here, yeah, just extraordinary. Ronnie Jackson, by the way, we knew he was an idiot. Uh, a shameless idiot when he got up and said Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> oh my could live God. to be 200 years yeah, old. Could yeah, could live to be 200 years old. Superior genes, blah, blah. You knew he was an idiot. Uh, then he runs for office, and now he's saying that the Democrats have hatched this mm-hmm. this plan to win the midterms fight. Relie- he knows it's a lie. He just knows it, it's a shameless, stupid lie. <clears throat> but it's also a shameless, stupid lie. Even the conspiracy theory doesn't make sense, because Biden's numbers go down when cases go up. Biden's numbers go down when shutdowns go up. I mean, again, it is Max Wright. it's just completed. You see, it's stupidity, like next level stupidity. And yet it works for some really stupid people out there. Can I say that? Can I say that on TV? Yeah, Yeah, it works for some really stupid people out there who just refuse to get information from sources other than Facebook or Chinese religious cults. Right.
5: It's, it's about conditioning the lie. It's re- the repetition of the lie. And that even if it does seem far fetched, if people hear it over and over and over again, this is something that Donald Trump certainly was well aware of. He says it so much you couldn't tell if he believed it at that point or at the very least, he just wanted to pound it into people's heads so they would be confused and doubt credible news sources. They weren't sure what to believe, and therefore they'd gravitate to their own their own teams, their own pods to right. get that information. But I can assure you, talking to White House officials in the last 48 hours, they're not happy about this variant. This was not something they wanted at all. And this is something yeah. that they know. This is a president that, more than anything else, I reported this today, You know, they the, would recognize that the be-all and end-all of his administration is to manage the pandemic. And after the first few months, with strong vaccine numbers, you know they hit a roadblock this summer. Right. Delta caught them by surprise, and they're afraid that's happening again. Just as they're trying to pivot to really focus on the on his agenda, the second part, the Build Back Better Act. Right. now, this where they want to have emphasis on inflation and supply chain crisis. Right. This variant could reset that. It could endanger it further. The, they know that this is politically
3: perilous for the president as they try to navigate a variant which they at this point. Don't know much about it. And we talk him. about these crazy lies. This is, this is one reason why I'm very careful not to say all Trump voters,
1: mm-hmm.
3: all Republicans, all this, all that. You just can't do it because you, you see these crazy people like Ronnie Jackson running around uh, and, and, and talking about not crazy. He's extraordinarily cynical at a guy who really literally, for if you judge him by his words, does not give a damn whether people mm-hmm. in his district live or die, especially because he knows the difference. And then you look at people like Mitch McConnell who's been pro-vaccine from the very beginning, who's been pushing the vaccine, and you know, a guy, guy that survived polio, pushing the vaccine from the very beginning. And it seems to me, uh, every, you, I just wonder what the interplay is between a lot of Senate Republicans and then these crazy House backbenchers that we've been talking about, because, you know, it doesn't help Senate Republicans that have to win statewide mm-hmm. in states that aren't bright red. They're, they're not gerrymandered they actually have to win entire states with diverse ideological breakdowns i just i just wonder what like Mitch and other Republicans are thinking when they hear this crazy anti-vaccine talk. Right. Well, we, we know that he's
6: not explicitly condemning it. We, you know, I, I don't understand the political calculus like you in, in terms of the question, but I do connect this with something we were talking about earlier, and that is uh, the replacement of election officials, right? What we're seeing about the, the Trump and the right. attack on local elections, Because when we cannot trust what is being said, when we can't engage in serious deliberation, as citizens of a right. democracy. The democracy is 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 really in jeopardy. If truth is not at the heart, reasonable deliberation, reasonable exchange, reasonable disagreement, is not at the heart of democratic deliberation, right. then the polity can't exist. It can't thrive. So what we're seeing over and over again, Joe, is the deformation of attention. Right. Right. It's from click baits on, on, on various social platforms to lies. We're seeing the deformation of attention, which leads to an uninformed, ill-informed, misinformed citizenry right. making
3: decisions about the country. I don't I don't know and, how we survive. And that. by the way, Willie, we you know, we, we we've talked about this among ourselves, that, that there's always, like, you know, you read the papers and you, you think the people that are, are looking at these Facebook postings are. Uh, or take his gospel, Chinese religious cult websites, you you think, you know, they're they're walking out of caves. No, 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 no. They're people with advanced degrees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, In fact, some of the smarter people that I've met in my life pre Trump uh, who were uh, moderate Gerald Ford Republicans uh, with law degrees, with other advanced degrees, fallen for it too. I I mean, I I don't know if falling for they choose to believe it's because it reinforces what they want to believe. Yeah.
4: No, there's no question about it. It was a time not long ago. You remember in Congress, certainly, but even more recently than that, where comments like Ronnie's Jackson's comments like those we heard from Lauren Boebert a few minutes ago would either be snuffed out. Or at least pushed to the margins. But now you have people like Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be the next Speaker of the House, who says, well, I better not criticize publicly or maybe even privately Marjorie Taylor Greene because she represents something powerful in our party. I need those voters. I need her to win. I need people like her to win to get a majority in the House. So you, there's, you're always going to have crazy people. There always have been in politics. There always have been in, in society. Right. What we don't have anymore is leadership, Who's willing to say no we don't do that here this is america you you can say those things but we're going to push you off to the sidelines and you're not going to represent our party yeah
3: because i mean when you know 20 30 years ago Mika, you had leadership that was raising a lot of the money and helping members that couldn't raise money now the more hateful crazy thing you say the more money you get online right Mm
2: -hmm. yeah that's the bottom line at this point it's uh, a sick System. Uh, coming up, it's not only big luxury stores being targeted by the recent rash of smash-and-grab robberies, small businesses are also getting hit. We'll have more on the threat that could put some out of business. And one of the pilots of Jeffrey Epstein's infamous private jet will be back on the stand today in the sex trafficking trial against Epstein's longtime confidant Ghislaine Maxwell. We'll have the latest from the federal courthouse in Manhattan when we come back.
9: What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremang Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. All episodes available now.
2: Fifty six past the hour authorities in California continue to investigate a smash and grab robbery at a Los Angeles area Home Depot on Black Friday. Four men have been arrested in connection with the robbery. Police say they were part of a larger group that entered the retailer around 8 p.m. on Friday and made off with four hundred dollars worth of tools, including bolt cutters and crowbars. This comes as stores across the country are seeing a dangerous spike in these kinds of crimes. NBC News correspondent Miguel Almaguer has the details.
9: The chaotic and increasingly dangerous crime sprees are now unfolding in more cities. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Minneapolis. On some of the busiest shopping days of the year, flash mobs with upwards of 80 people armed with hammers and crowbars are smashing and grabbing their way through high-end retailers as terrified shoppers and employees are threatened with their lives. We built this thing with our hands. This is our baby, and so just to see it violated is just... It's crazy. While well-known luxury retailers are often targeted, including those here on Rodeo Drive, it's often small businesses paying the biggest price. After this scene in San Francisco's Union Square, a mom-and-pop jeweler was robbed of $250,000 in goods in three minutes. Another retailer nearby is now spending $30,000 a month on 24-7 security. The cost of doing business could put many out of business.
5: It is absolutely organized crime. It does look like chaos, but it is really very, very organized and choreographed. In Oakland, while
9: a news crew covered smash-and-grab crimes, their security guard was shot and killed.
4: Get on the sidewalk!
9: To prevent another disaster, some are reducing hours and allowing fewer people inside. For far too many, the most joyful time of the year is quickly becoming the most dangerous.
2: Our thanks to Miguel Almaguer for that report, and still ahead, The Atlantic's David Frum joins us with his new reporting on how some of Donald Trump's own critics are helping him push one of his big lies. And it's being called an instant classic, the docu-series with never before seen footage of the Beatles last days before splitting up. We'll talk to the Rolling Stones editor who says the film flipped the script on the band's final act.